find somebody who's an operator, who's a syndicator, who's a specialist in that area and diversify outside. And the Deferred Sales Trust allows you to do that. Don't overpay just because you only know the 1031 exchange. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I want to invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com. And in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the best ever conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate, and we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. With us today, Brett Swartz. How you doing, Brett? I'm doing well, Joe. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, my pleasure and looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Brett. He's the president of Capital Gains Tax Solutions. He provides trustee services, which helps real estate and business owners gain tax deferral, freedom, liquidity, and diversification with their funds so they can create and preserve more wealth based in Sacramento, California. So with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yes. Thanks, Joe. Started out in real estate as a uh, young child with my dad, helping him build custom homes in Mission San Jose, Fremont, Northern California area. Rentals have always been in my life. I studied business in college and went on to Marcus and Millichap as an internship and was there with them for five years as a commercial real estate broker, helping clients buy and sell apartment buildings mainly. And then from there, I went and kind of started my own two companies, uh, Commercial Realty Apartment Advisors and Capital Gains Tax Solutions. So that's kind of the business background. I'm married, five kids, play basketball in college, big sports, hoops fan in particular, and love playing that as much as I can. That's kind of the background. Marcus Millichap, real estate broker, and now you're working with owners of properties to set up their business so they can defer the capital gains. How'd you make the conscious choice to transition? At Marcus and Millichap at the time when the market, uh, when I was first starting in 2006, I was still in college, but graduated in 07. The market shifted quite a bit in 08 and things changed. And the manager at the time, at Marcus and Millichap office in Sacramento, he brought in a gentleman to speak on the deferred sales trust as an alternative or a backup plan for a failed 1031 exchange. And we were looking for ways to help clients solve these issues. And the biggest stat that he, he left with us at the time is there's about, according to the American Bankers Association, about 17 trillion dollars that will pass from one generation to the next in the next 20 years. And this is known as the baby boomers. It's the largest wealth transfer in the history of the world. And 50% of America's net worth is tied to high-end primary homes, commercial real estate, 
and also private equity or businesses. And so they're faced with the toilets, trash, liability, and looking for alternative ways to get out of real estate. So he approached us with that strategy, and I started to study it and look at it, and I obtained my Series 22 and 63. But really my approach, Joe, has always been to add value and, and find a solution for what my clients were looking for. And as the years pass by and the marketplace has really grown in appreciation, everything has kind of shifted from these baby boomers who don't want to be in debt who are tired of the 1031 exchange, who don't necessarily want to overpay for a property in a highly appreciated marketplace. So I launched the company in partnership with the estate planning team to really focus on commercial real estate owners, syndicators, business brokers, and high-end luxury real estate agents to help them grow their business. So it's been a natural progression, if you will, from focusing just on the 1031 exchange to now the deferred sales trust is another option. Okay. So the deferred sales trust, I guess that's the unique thing that you bring to the table from a consulting standpoint and helps set up. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. And what exactly is that? So deferred sales trust is just a manufactured installment sale, Joe. So it's like a seller carryback, except we're using a third party trust to buy your property. Let's say you have a deal you're selling for 10 million. They're going to give you a zero down payment in exchange for a note but immediately we're going to sell it to the cash buyer that's already lined up for 10 million. And therefore we can defer all the tax because you haven't received any actual or constructive receipt. So it's just a manufactured installment sale. It's tied to IRC 453, which is a 90 plus year old tax law. We've been doing, and we collectively, there's thousands of professionals now across the U.S., financial advisors, CPAs, tax attorneys, QI companies, syndicators who use our strategy uh, of 23-year track record over thousands of trusts have been closed, 14 no-change IRS audits. So it's just an installment sale, but it's unique in how we do it. Okay. So will you give maybe an example of a client of yours that you can share that they did and then just walk us through some numbers and just the process? Of course. So I'll do a recent one just a couple of weeks ago. A gentleman named Peter, he's out of Marin, California, long-term commercial real estate investor, mostly with multifamily, but he's also a residential broker himself. So he sold a, an 18-unit apartment complex in Sacramento. So he's driving up from the Bay Area. He's knocking on doors. He's collecting rents. It's kind of a tough neighborhood he's going into Sacramento. So he was stuck with a property that he didn't want to own, but he also didn't want a 1031 exchange. And the way he put it was, Brett, I have 18 problems. I don't want 36 problems. I actually just kind of want to retire. (laughs) I'm older now and I want to get out of debt and I want to diversify and I actually want passive income stream, but I don't want to have to do it myself. And the property itself was only about 18 units. So it's hard to hire property management to get scale and make sense of the numbers there. So he, he learned about the deferred sales trust and he liked the fact that he could sell it and then he could pay off all of his debt. So now he's debt free. He had about $500,000 of debt. Now his basis had traveled from his- Separate from the property. On the property. Okay, yeah, on the property. So he was selling okay. for about 1.8. He had about 500000 in debt. So he's going to net about 1.3 into the trust. Okay. He had a basis that was pretty low too because he had done exchanges into this property. So he had another $500,000 in liability for tax liability. That's state, federal, Obamacare. It's about 37% if you have that up in California plus the depreciation recapture, which can be as high as 40% or so, or even higher. 40% on top of the 500 or Yeah, so he, he was faced with two things, right? So he had debt of 500000 
And then he had a tax liability of 500,000. Okay. So he felt completely trapped. He goes, I have to do a 1031 or something else because by the time I pay off my debt and pay off the capital gains tax, I'm just going to get wiped out. It makes zero sense. But again, I don't want to have to have 36 problems. I already have 18 problems. Right. I don't know what to do. And that's where a lot of my clients have been over the years. They feel trapped between overpaying for property, taking on more debt, chasing deals that otherwise they wouldn't pay for if it wasn't for their 37 to 50% of their gain being wiped out by the capital gains tax. So into the deferred sales trust, he was able to sell, put $1.3 million into the trust, become debt-free, defer that $500,000 in tax as well that he owed. And now he's invested in stocks, bonds, mutual funds of his choosing. But his real passion is to put it into commercial real estate syndication deals with different operators across the U.S. where he can diversify within that portfolio of up to 80% of the funds. So it solved his, hey, I don't like the stock market. It solved his, I can still be in commercial real estate. And the biggest one is he can buy whenever he wants to. He doesn't have to buy tomorrow or day 180. He can wait on the sidelines until deals make sense. Okay. And who's paying the 1.8 for the property that's participating in the deferred sales trust? Just a buyer, especially California and Sacramento. It's one of the hottest multifamily markets in the nation. And there's tons of 1031 buyers and tons of buyers that want to pay a price for the property. I think the deal traded around about a six and a quarter cap. It was a C deal, C minus location. So yeah, just a cash buyer that's lined up. They can have a lender. They take title the same way they would have as if Peter was going to do a 1031 or a deferred sales trust. Got it. So from the buyer standpoint, it's not that different from buying it if they were doing a 1031. Correct. It's like a simultaneous close. It's actually an assignment of sale. So what Peter did is he just put language into the document that states that he has the right to a deferred sales trust or a 1031 and no additional cost to the buyer. And he did consider that, by the way, going for a 1031 and looking for a deal because the deferred sales trust is actually a backup plan for a failed 1031. So it actually empowers people too to go out there and search for a deal. And if they can't find it, they have a backup plan. And it also doesn't take up one of their positions either for the exchange rules. Okay, so you have to have the money with the intermediary during the process when you're looking for a 1031 exchange. So as long as you have that with the third party, then you can still do the deferred sales trust if your 1031 falls through? You got it. It's constructive or actual receipt. So the way a 1031 works, Joe, as you probably know and your listeners know, is instead of having the funds sent to, say, Joe from escrow, we want to send it to a QI company who holds the money to maintain non-constructive receipt for you. And then at that point, you could move the funds to another property and perfect the exchange. So the same concept is true here. Instead of the funds being sent directly to Peter or Joe, they're going to be sent to the trust, which is going to maintain non-constructive receipt. Got it. Okay. What are some questions investors have about this that are common that you address? The first one is, how do we know it's legal? It sounds too good to be true. Those are the two biggest things. And the first thing we would just say, it's, it's a 90-year-old tax law. Over thousands of trusts have been closed. We have thousands of business professionals. And it's just an installment sale. We're just creative on how we use it. And the next one is, well, 
where are the funds held? Where well, the funds are held at Bank of New York Mellon, Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade. You can hire your own financial advisor or you can use one of our professionals that we work with across the US to manage the money. They can put it into stocks, bonds, mutual funds of your choosing, very conservative allocations. But my favorite part is they say, well, can I go back into real estate? And the answer is absolutely. You can go in tomorrow or whenever you want to, and then you can diversify it. So those are the main ones. But we encourage everybody to bring in their trusted advisors, Joe. So we recognize that this is a new concept for people. So we actually say, hey, don't just trust us for what we're saying. Bring in your brain surgeons. And who are the brain surgeons? Those are the CPAs and tax attorneys that you trust. And have them speak with our CPAs and tax attorneys before moving forward. My role is a third-party trustee. I can't ever move the funds. The funds only ever move with the client's signature. The client has 24-7 access to view the funds. But my role is to educate and kind of be the offensive coordinator in this scenario where I'm working with a commercial real estate broker, the financial advisor, the CPA, the tax attorney, and the client. So we all work together as a team to make this transaction work. And what are some things that you pay attention to within your role of the transaction? Just to give them all the options. So by the way, my company is Capital Gains Tax Solutions, plural. So I like to present the 1031 exchange, the pros and the cons, and then the deferred sales trust, the Delaware statutory trust, a charitable, and really just empower the client with the information and with the tool. I liken it to this, Joe. Imagine it was 25 years ago and you're just learning about the 1031 exchange for the first time. Before you knew about it, you're just buying and selling properties and paying the tax. And then all of a sudden, somebody empowered you with the strategy. And then once you understood it, you were able to create and preserve more wealth. So I really see my role as that, just empowering, educating, kind of being the guide for the client so that they can create and preserve more wealth with the strategy. So hopefully that answers the question. Got it. Okay. And with the different options that someone has, let's go with the Deferred Sales Trust to be specific. How are you compensated? By the way, it works for a business, high-end primary home, commercial real estate, collectibles, anything you can think of the Deferred Sales Trust works for, whereas the 1031 only works for investment property mainly. So when, when they sell and the proceeds go into the trust, we get a recurring fee. So a first fee is about 50 basis points on the initial amount. And then once a year we get paid again, as long as the funds are in the trust. Most of our trusts go for 10 years, but the end of 10 years, you can renew for another 10 and then renew for another 10 and just keep going for as long as you want. Then they can go into pass on to your kids. Most of our notes earn 8% and after fees, they net about six and a half which is where the other fee comes in. That's to your financial advisor. They charge somewhere between 50 basis points and 100 basis points, which is a half of 1% to 1%. So just depending on where and how the funds are invested. But the last fee is to the tax attorneys. It's 1.5% on the first million and 1.25 on anything above that. And that includes audit defense for the life of the trust. But what we're really focused on is what is your actual tax liability? So if you're selling a $10 million deal, Joe, and you have a $4 million tax liability, let's imagine you had a zero basis. We're going to focus on that 4 million. That's a big number. And we would say that's substantial. You're going to want to do a 1031 or a Delaware or a deferred sales trust, or maybe a mixture of all three, depending on your scenario. So we're really going to dissect what's going on. Do you have a mortgage over basis? Do you have some liquidity needs? You want to get rid of the toilets, trash, and liability. Do you want to stay in real estate with local operators that you trust and know? So we're really going to ask a series of questions to decipher where the risk tolerance is and also what their outlook is and how comfortable they are with different asset classes. And then from there, recommend one, two, or three strategies, or maybe just one strategy. 
what's a potential client that's come to you and you just couldn't help them for XYZ reason? Can you just talk about that? Yeah. So if you come to me, Joe, and you're selling your business and the buyer has removed all contingencies, it's too late for us. We need to be able to be there before he does that. Now, commercial real estate's unique. Even if they remove all contingencies, we would just tell you to send it to a 1031 company. And that 1031 company, at that point on day 46, we can help you up until day 181. But if you take constructive receipt or actual receipt, it's too late. So the next thing is working with a 1031 company, which will give you both options. So there's certain 1031 companies who haven't heard about this. Like a big bank, sometimes they don't move outside of their lane. So we're still educating a lot of different QI companies. So I would just recommend you make sure you have the language in your exchange agreement, because if you don't, they may not cooperate and they may just send you the check from the QI company and then you're going to owe the tax. So those are the two main ones. The other one has to do with just lower tax liability. It's just a small amount. If you're selling a $10 million deal, Joe, and you only owe 50,000 or hundred thousand in tax, we're going to tell you just pay the tax, take the 9.9 and go look for a deal for when it makes sense. So we're going to try to make a holistic approach to financial, but then the actual strategy, there's some rules we have to follow. I think you mentioned this tax code for deferred sales trust has been around for 90 years. Did I hear you correctly? Correct. IRC so, 453, and so which why, is just a seller carry back, right? So, it, so it, why, that's, the, that's the foundation of the tax code. What happened recently that brought this to light that now it's being discussed and you're working with clients on it? Yeah. And really even a better question would be, how have you survived the IRS audits? Which I think will answer the question you're asking. So there's been 14 no change IRS audits. The biggest one was for over a hundred million dollar deal and absolutely no issues whatsoever. These are random audits for just clients who are high net worth and they happen to find the deferred sales trust and look at it. The last audit was a formal audit of the structure itself of the law firm who created it and the co-founder of the Deferred Sales Trust with the estate planning team. And the first hour of the audit, they said, look, this is just an installment sale. You guys are being creative on how you're applying the law by using this third-party trust who's in it for business purpose, who's an unrelated party, and who can make a profit, which those things are all true. And as long as you're following those rules, it works. So that's the best answer I have. We've been able to do it thousands of times and it's been reviewed by national law firms. And it's not until you meet somebody who's going to educate you on the strategy that you're going to hear about. We also don't necessarily mass market to everybody. I'm only one of 13 exclusive trustees across the U.S., Joe. So we're very protective of the strategy, although we'll share it with a non-disclosure agreement, no problem. But we don't want it getting into the wrong hands where somebody might abuse the structure and we lose it for everybody. So we're very particular about who and where they see the secret sauce, if you will. Okay. And I guess because I didn't sign an NDA or anything to have a conversation, you're publicly talking about this. Oh, this is fine. All this stuff we're talking about here is fine. Yeah. So what aspect is more in the, the NDA component of the conversation? It's the actual execution of this. So okay. I mentioned a couple things, business purpose, third party, unrelated trustee. And then it's also the ability to keep the funds safe, liquid with an investment advisor. So those are the main areas. If I'm somebody approaching this for the first time that I'd want to understand. And then the brain surgeon who's the law firm who created this, they can talk about those things. A lot of times they don't even come up. People just say, oh, it's an installment sale. It works. So hopefully that answers the question without giving too much away. Based on your experience in the real estate industry, what's your best advice ever for real estate investors? 
Buy at optimal timing. Buy when deals make sense. We make our money on the buy side. We make money when we can find value-add forced appreciation deals that make sense. And you may want to consider diversifying outside of your single product type and your single location and find somebody who's an operator, who's a syndicator, who's a specialist in that area and diversify outside. And the Deferred Sales Trust allows you to do that. Don't overpay just because you only know the 1031 exchange. Get out of debt now and take on smart debt debt when the market's low, when you can buy properties at a discount. Risky debt stays in and and keeps the ride up, but don't go into dumb debt when you overpay for properties just because you're deferring the tax through a 1031 exchange. Make sure you make the fundamentals of the real estate make sense. And if they don't, figure out a way we're in a different location with a different operator and different product type that does. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, BEC20.com. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Guarino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more. Best ever book you've recently read? Best ever book I recently read, Crucial Conversations. Love that book. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Mistake I've made on the transaction. Not saying yes to the client who wanted to bring in a partner on a deal in the 12th hour. I should have just said yes, whatever you want to do, let's work together and had too much pride and wanted to do it myself. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I've done. Let's say we'll talk about brokerage. It was an $8.2 million value add multifamily here in Sacramento, represented both sides. And it was a win-win because there was still some meat on the bone for the buyer who was my client. And the seller, the client had an up leg lined up. So I bought it for 8.2 and now it's worth 13 million and it's only been a year and a half. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? Go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com or search me on YouTube, Bigger Pockets, LinkedIn. Connect with us. We have a deferred sales trust calculator. You can put it in there and it's totally free to give you a side-by-side comparison and or schedule a one-on-one call with me and I'll walk you through our strategy more. Brett, thanks so much for being on the show, talking about deferred sales trust as well as the approach and a couple of use cases. I hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Joe. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.